You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. This is unbelievable in that it's never been explored. It's the real lottery ticket to this story. It's less than 20 kilometers away from Turquoise Ridge and Twin Creeks, which collectively are just about 20 million ounces of gold. It's a has the exact same structural setting as the Getchell trend, which is a 40 million ounce trend intersecting the Battle Mountain. So we'll be very excited to drill this in the very near term. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. And in today's show, you're going to be getting an introduction to a company I invested in the last private placement earlier this year. They also are a new show sponsor. I'm talking about Eminent Gold Corp. Ticker symbol in Toronto is EMNT on the OTC. For United States listeners, you can look it up under EMGDF, a very tight share structure. Uh, good people involved, a very experienced and successful t- technical team exploring in the Great Basin in Nevada. So that's why we present the company to you today. And to do so is Dan McCoy. He's the chief geologist. He has a PhD and a lot of experience in Nevada, as well as Paul Sung. He is the president, CEO, and director. Gentlemen, welcome to the show today. Thanks very much, Bill. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Bill. Yes, and I asked you to do a shared screen presentation, especially for you, Dan, to just kind of walk through the technical aspects of why you're excited about the projects you have here in Nevada. And also, please, as you walk it through, Dan, talk a little bit about your exploration philosophy, how it's worked for you in the past, and how you're applying it to these specific projects. Uh, So with that in mind, gentlemen, take it away. So I am Paul Sun. I'm the president and CEO of Eminent Gold. And as Bill mentioned, we're pursuing major gold discoveries in the Great Basin. Throughout the presentation, um, I will be making forward-looking statements, so please read this disclaimer uh, at your leisure and keep that in mind as we go through the presentation. So on the next slide here, what is Eminent? Well, as a past mining banker and trained mining engineer, um, I've seen a lot of exploration stories in my, in my past. And um, when I was given the opportunity to lead Eminent, I jumped at the opportunity as I think it ticks all the boxes on what one would look for when investing in an exploration story. You're getting four 100% owned high impact projects in Nevada. And as most know, Nevada is literally ranked as the number one jurisdiction for exploration and development in the world. And some might say, okay, Nevada's had a lot of gold and discoveries, but hasn't it been overexplored at this point? And and that's a misnomer. The reality is it hasn't been. And you'll soon see that in the cases of eminence, most of our portfolio has been underexplored or in some cases not even explored at all before in history. And you're getting a strong multidisciplinary team to do this. And we're we're attacking this portfolio using new concepts and fresh perspectives. So you'll see that The way we're looking at Nevada is very systematically, methodically, never that has been done uh, on the the properties that we'll be talking about today. And with this team, you're getting uh, a lot of success. Uh, I talked about myself. I'm joined here with Dan, who's a PhD geo. He's uh, our chief geologist as well as a director. And, And Dan and I first met when he was at Caden, and we remember this, this crazy time in, in New York when we were doing the, the last financing before Agnico acquired Caden. And the reason why they acquired Caden is because, among other things, Dan discovered the El Barcano deposit in Mexico. And before that, 
Dan was the CEO of Keegan Resources, where he discovered the 5 million ounce Assassi deposit in West Africa. And rounding out the team on the management side, we have Martin Bajic, who has over a decade of experience as a public market CFO and accountant. Aside from Dan and I on the, on the board, we have Ann Carpenter, who's also a Bachelor of Geology, and she comes to us with 35 years of mining experience. Um, she's got a deep Rolodex when it comes to government contacts, certainly in the Southwest US, as well as a great technical background when we're navigating our portfolio. And finally, but not least, we have Michael Koswan, who, like me, is a professional engineer. He's currently the CEO of Torque Resources. And before that, he was a high-powered broker at Sprott Resources. So he has a deep Rolodex of investors all across North America and beyond. We'll now look at the technical team. And under Dan's leadership, I always joke with him, you know, what's better than having one PhD geologist? Well, in our company, we have three. Coming to us from Newcrest with over 10 years of exploration and production experience, we have Justin Milliard, who did his dissertation on upper thermal mineralization, which is very local to Nevada uh, in terms of mineralization and deposits. We have Ajit Milliard, who did her dissertation on Carlin type and sediment hosted gold deposits, again, very uh, local to Nevada. And she comes to us from Newmont with over 10 years of experience. And then we have Jim Slayton, who's been really Dan's right-hand man, uh, certainly since the Keegan and Caden days. And uh, he comes to us with over 35 years of experience in the Great Basin. And when I look at this team that we've established, I think it would be the dream team on any portfolio in any company. But the fact that all of these people are in Nevada on a Nevada-focused portfolio, um, it's second to none. If we're going to find something in Nevada, it's, you know this is the team to do it. So we'll move to the next slide and give you a, a quick snapshot on Eminent before I pass it over to Dan. So there's four projects here and, and each of them offer a different opportunity uh, in terms of stage and path to exploration and discovery. Weepaw, I kind of view as our, our low hanging fruit, if you will, and it's located within the prolific Walker Lane trend, which is a 53 million ounce trend. Um, Weepaw is actually noted as the oldest uh, open pit mine in Nevada's history. It produced just over 117,000 ounces of gold with grade between three to six grams. And the opportunity here, of course, is to expand past that, that one open pit. Moving on to Gilbert South, our most recent add to our portfolio, it's also within the Walker Lane. And uh, the opportunity here, we, we just couldn't pass it up, um, is, the, is the discovery of Bonanza Gray veins literally right below surface, because um, we're seeing a lot of outcrops. So the thesis is it's, you know, it's literally right below us. Um, moving to Spanish Moon, this is an analog to Ken Ross's Round Mountain deposit, which is a 23 million ounce deposit. And it's literally only 13 kilometers away from Spanish Moon, uh, a property that Eminent has consolidated as a district for the first time in history. It's had past high-grade silver production of over 200,000 ounces, and we already have multiple precious metals targets in this area. And last but not least is our Hot Springs Range project brought to us by Justin and Ajit Miller. This is unbelievable in that it's never been explored. It's the real lottery ticket to this story. 
It's less than 20 kilometers away from Turquoise Ridge and Twin Creeks, which collectively are just about 20 million ounces of gold. It has the exact same structural setting as the Getchell trend, which is a 40 million ounce trend intersecting the Battle Mountain. So we'll be very excited to drill this in the very near term. Um, so with that, I'll, I'll pass it on to Dan to take us through the projects in a little bit more detail. Thank you, Paul. And thank you very much, Bill, for teaming up with us. We're very excited about this partnership. And I'll go to the uh, first question that you asked in your introduction is, you know, what is my exploration philosophy? And I think it's quite important because every exploration company has a portfolio of projects. They'll tell you what it is, but they won't tell you why you have them. And now with two successes under our belts, both the four to five million ounce Sassi deposit in Ghana, which was discovered uh, right without a drill hole previously, and the Barcano deposit, which we sold to uh, Agnico Eagle, you know, both very good discoveries. So why do we think this one, that this company, why did I kind of basically come out of retirement to do this again? And I think the reason is because all these port properties fit the model of what we're looking for. And to me, there's really three keys to success. You have to look for opportunities in regions where lots of gold has already been discovered. And there's no question that Nevada is that region. Um, the question is, well, where is it being discovered and by who and why and when? And that's really what makes the difference. Because uh, a lot of uh, previous uh, uh, companies in the recent past have really followed two particular trends, the Battle Mountain Eureka trend, which is here, and the Carlin trend, which is here. And so the vast majority of exploration that's taken place uh, you know, expenditures in the last 20 years or so have taken place in here. You, you can't, a lot of big companies, you know, they, they're, they're waiting for smaller companies to find something outside these trends and they're occupied within these trends. And so when you look at where the hot springs range is, we were very lucky. And, and this is very lucky that we got it here because this property hasn't been explored and it is right next to one of the bigger and richer deposits in the Carling trend. As for the rest of our properties, why these? And I'll tell you why. And it's because essentially all of these projects have had past historic mining on them. And yet none of them have really had modern historic modern mining on them or modern exploration on them. They've just been sitting there. And so, you know, that comes to my main thing is that what we are looking to do is not to do lemming exploration. We're not going to look for a piece of ground in the middle of a trend, you know, that's already been drilled. And now we're going to drill deeper and more expensively. What we're looking for is we're looking for properties that A, have the possibility for grade. And we know that these three projects have the possibility for grade. B, have the possibility of with the fact that there was an open pit on one of these properties tells you that there was a good width to the mineralization. And most importantly of all, strike length. That's a lot of times the thing that you have to add. And in this case, that's what we think we've added to these projects. So moving ahead to the projects, keeping those things in mind, first we're looking at Weepaw. And Weepaw gives us a really good opportunity to expand high-grade gold mineralization. 
has historic production of 117,000 ounces, both from open pit and underground. It's uh, currently open in all directions. And there's good grade and there's good width. And so what I think we have added to this, we've had this project now, we've been working on it for about nine months. And what I think we've added is the promise of strike length to this. So we've actually discovered we have this pediment area in here. This is an area, pediment means an area where there's no outcrop. It's just uh, essentially soil. And what we've discovered is we've discovered some very interesting faults using both geochemical methods as well as some really good applied geology, especially by Justin and Ajit Milliard. So what we're finding is we're finding that we can add the things that are already present in this, which is good grade, uh, decent widths. And we can add to that the promise of the strike lanes by our identification of these structures. In particular, we've been able to connect together the Weepaw Pit and the Weepaw East deposit. We believe that there's a structure that connects those two together. And we think that could be very, very prospective. So grade and width, 6.1 meters, 8.2 grams per ton, intercepts up to 17 grams per ton. Uh, there's drill targets that, you know, you can see it's a long ways between drill holes on the section, right? So, you know, there's still ways that you could actually step out on existing mineralization. But we think if we add this additional technical work, I mean, this is never, this project has an open pit. It's never had a previous soil survey done on it. There's very few rock samples that have been taken outside of the pit. So this really gives us the opportunity to put those three things together, strike length, grade, and width. This is a, shows you a little bit what the shear zone looks like in the pit. So this is the open pit. This is that pediment area I talked about out there. And, um, I'd like to call your attention. This is really very exciting to us, but there's a structure that runs right through the pit, but perpendicular to it. And we don't have all our samples back, but we really believe that this could be a, a, a way that we can connect together the Weepaw West and Weepaw East deposits. So we're quite excited about it. On to our next project, Gilbert South. Um, surface rock chip samples here are pretty astonishing and it amazes us that nobody's really followed up and once again it's a question of why well when this was explored people were mostly looking for kind of low grade open pit eat bleachable things at the surface you, you didn't have the discovery of midas yet you didn't have the you know, rediscoveries of tonopah and uh hollister and and Aurora, where now people are making very good money mining high-grade Bonanza epithermal veins. So when we look at these grades, we're like, this gives us the opportunity to add this. We, we think this is the best Bonanza-style epithermal gold project in Nevada right now. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing some really good grades. Uh, 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 we're following up on where some of these structures are. And, uh, you know, we really believe we have a good shot at uh, finding the next big bonanza gold vein here. So why do we think that? Well, for one thing, we're seeing a lot of smoke at the surface. All of these, what we see in this photograph, are all uh, high-grade uh, epithermal veins. Um, 
they're all running somewhere between one meters and 14 meters per gram. We don't think that this is the, the show. We're not really necessarily looking for an open pit here. Some of the grades are, are supportive of that. But what we think that we're looking at here is we're looking at the very top of a very rich system. And so typically the kind of uh, mineralogy we're seeing, the kind of uh, quartz mineralization, styles of mineralization we're seeing are all the kind of things that you would see at the uh, upper to mid-level of an epithermal system. Typically, the bonanza veins are beneath this. Now, we think that on some of the shafts here, there's been a fair amount of high-grade historical mining here. Some of the shafts and the dumps there, we found visible gold. We think we are actually already seeing, you know, this Bonanza-style mineralization in these pit dumps. So it's really a matter of just finding out where the focus is, where is where are all these, where is it all coming together and, and maybe giving us one big fat veins or series of veins. Spanish moon, once again, uh, very amazing that this project is here and hasn't really been explored because it's very close to the Round Mountain, uh, 23 million ounce gold endowment. It's only 13 kilometers away from there. It shares a very similar uh, geologic um, environment. It's on the other side of the Round Mountain Pluton from Round Mountain, and it's sandwiched between these two very big volcanic calderas. And most importantly, it's got strike length. I mean, we're actually starting out with very good strike length on this. There's two areas that have received the most attention. The Barcelona mine target has been mined in historical times, but uh, hasn't um, had any real modern exploration to it. There's a lot of the in the old reports that tells us that a lot of silver was left in the ground because at that time they were mining with very low silver prices and they had a long haul by mule and burrow down to where they could process it. Antone Canyon is a more recent discovery and it's a true, it's another one of these epithermal low sulfidation state gold discoveries, very good grades to it. And so this is almost a two in one type uh, project that we have going here. We have, uh, this is our most recent release is uh, Spanish Moon. And uh, to move right along, to go into a, a scale, you can see here that um, we're the first uh, group that's really completed a, a systematic metal exploration across the whole thing, across this whole strike length. And it is really one long trend, although it varies. There tends to be gold to the east and silver to the west. As you can see there, these are some of the golden rocks that we uh, recovered and silver and rocks that we've recovered right at the surface. And, um, you know, basically we've identified now three different systems, the Van Ness Barcelona system, which you'll see in the west, you know, and you can see some of the grades there. We'll look at it in more detail. Uh, the Anton Canyon target, that's got some previous drilling and uh, what we're calling the flower deposit, where we're seeing big, significant, broad areas of uh, very high pathfinders, arsenic, antimony, golden rocks. So moving in a little bit closer, we have uh, high-grade gold and epithermal veins, uh, surface rock values up to 2.2 grams. And you can see here, this is, this is the um, Barça Anton Canyon 
target area here. And uh, so there was some very good previous historic drill intercepts here, such as 13.5 meters at 7.6. Altogether, we're looking at about a 1.5 kilometer long soil anomaly here. So although there was some very good holes and you can see those here in the eastern portion of the thing, what we've done is we've extended it significantly to the west with our sampling. Going to the west side of the property, the Barcelona area, once again, no drill holes, which once again, completely amazes me. Uh, we got some really super high grade rock samples in our initial sampling. You can see we have a, a, a really long one PPM silver soil anomaly here. And uh, what we're seeing associated with the soil anomaly is some very high grade silver values obtained out of prospect pits up to 8.5 kilograms per ton silver. So this is significant. And we believe that uh, we will have some very good drill targets here once we complete our final sampling and our final mapping. This is what some of the different styles of high-grade mineralization look like at Barcelona. We have the truly epithermal style veins that are associated with Anton Canyon, very high gold to silver ratios. And then we also have this uh, very broad, long areas of this 72 to 100 gram per 10 silver that we're getting over meter lengths. So that's telling us that we have potential bulk here as far as silver mineralization goes. And the high grade samples that we've taken off the prospect pits and dumps uh, tell us that we could have grade. So once again, everything we've looked at so far, Weepaw, Gilbert South, and Spanish Moon all has that potential grade with strike length. So moving on to the Hot Springs Range project, and interestingly enough, this doesn't fit my model, and it doesn't fit my model for, for exploration because we are very, very fortunate that this is still here. If you look here, you can say that Turquoise Ridge Mines and the Twin Creek Mines, I mean, we're looking at a Getchell trend that has about 42.5 million ounces of gold endowment. And yet a mere like 15 kilometers away, we have a very similar structural setting and it's never been explored. As far as we know, there's never been a sample taken off of it as in regards to gold exploration. And uh, so this really, we have to owe this to the work of Justin and Najit Milliard. This is really their project. And I think it's fantastic. Um, what we're seeing now, we started it when they staked it, there was nothing. But now in the process of doing early stage exploration, we're finding very highly anomalous gold in, in both surface rocks and in soils. And it's a direct analog to the Getchell trend. It's got the same structural plumbing. So uh, we've gone ahead and done CSAMT. It remarkably accurately confirmed the conceptual targets that Justin and Ajit had actually postulated, which is amazing since oftentimes geophysics doesn't do that. So we're very pleased with that. So what did we find? working there. Uh, 
We found uh, structural framework, vertical feeder structures, intersecting a shallowly dipping thrust fault, which is exactly like the, the Getchell trend. Ideal host rocks, uh, limestones and andesites. What you you want to have limestone and you want to have that volcanic rock mixed in with it. You get the perfect combination of for a good host rock, iron and calcium carbonate. And we're finding a strong geochemical correlation between the surface samples that occur at Getchell and the ones that occur at the hot springs range. Basically at the surface, I mean, these are high, these are really high grade, very rich underground targets that, uh, that are present at uh, Turquoise Ridge and that are present, we believe here at the hot springs range. And so, you know, if what you see at the surface, if it corresponds to what is seen at the surface at Getchell, then you've got a really prospective target. So if you look at this, we're seeing very similar grades of gold, arsenic, mercury, antimony at Hot Springs Range Project as we do at Getchell. And you know you can see here with the other features of the two targets, the Otis target and the Eden target, three kilometer long soil and rock triple anomalies. So once again, strike length and grade. And now what we need to find is we need to find the width. And that's why what we're going to do, and you can see in this cross section, the promise that the geophysics has developed to us with us. So we have a very similar thing. We have the thrust faults, we have the deep plumbing faults, same thing that Getchell has. And, you know, these were postulated just basically from air photos and from bits of mapping. And what the geophysics does is it confirms it. It shows us that we have this architecture between the resistivity and the conductivity breaks, we have exactly that fault architecture that we're looking for. What we need to do is we need to drill through a little bit of post-mineral cover, but we're finding golden rocks right at the surface, 2.5, 2.8 grams per ton that represent leakage from these potential high-grade feeder structures and in their intersections with the thrust faults. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Paul. Thanks so much, Dan. Um, yeah, as, as Bill astutely uh, mentioned at the, at the outset, um, you know, it's a tight share structure, uh, just uh, over 40 million shares outstanding. You'll see here that uh, over half of the company is held by management and, and key consultants and technical personnel, with the balance being high net worth retail. And looking at this share performance over the last year or so, uh, you know, I'd argue that we're all aligned, um, you know, waiting for that major discovery to happen as you know, the stock has, has performed quite well, certainly given a, a quite volatile gold period. Um, I'll also note that in our cap table, we don't have any warrants. So, so that, you know, there's no ceiling uh, in terms of share performance that you have to worry about. Um, and being, um, you know, with only 40 million shares outstanding, that really gives the shareholder quite a bit of torque on the upside, certainly um, when that news comes in. Um, and with that, uh, maybe next slide, Dan. So yeah, as as, uh, as as all of of you know, um, you know we need to have some news flow to to keep investors interested. And of course, with four active uh, programs going on uh, that Dan just touched on, there'll be a lot of news flow coming out as we get all four projects to the drill ready stage. So there'll be you know soil samples, rock samples, you know more geophysics, etc. Coming out. 
um, as we perform as we prepare all four for for drilling, um, which leads in I think to our last slide here, Dan. Um, you know, obviously everyone has a lot of um, you know opportunity to look at other stories. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I think Eminent ticks all the boxes. You're getting a proven exploration team that has had multiple discovery successes. So they've found gold in the past and have created shareholder value. We're in Nevada, the number one address for gold endowment and infrastructure. Also, uh, you don't have to worry about waking up one morning and having some you know, third world government expropriate your asset away from you. And, and the team is coming at it with new concepts and, and fresh perspectives as Dan went through the projects, uh, doing everything differently and, and in ways that have never been done before across the entire portfolio. So when you look at this Lassonde discovery curve, it, it's really telling you that the biggest bang for a shareholder's buck with the maximum return shareholders tend to make is at that point between exploration and discovery. And, um, you know, we have the pleasure of being the first company uh, to be marketed with uh, with Bill's group here. Uh, never before have we been out uh, on the road talking to anybody. So uh, it's a new company coming out uh, to market as well as uh, it's never been drilled before. So I'd argue where we are at that inflection point uh, between you know where we are now to, to moving up that discovery curve. And, and with that, uh, thanks everybody for, for your time and, and listening and I'll, I'll pass it back to, uh, to Bill. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, Dan, do you have a favorite project of these four? And of the four, where should we expect the most news flow over the next coming months? You know, I think, Bill, it's a tough question. It's like having four kids and being asked, which is your favorite kid? Because I think the amazing thing with me is that by now, we've been working on these. We pause now. We've been working on it for a good nine months. The other one's less time. Usually by this time, one or two of them have fallen off. You haven't confirmed with this your surface exploration. You haven't confirmed what you were expecting. In our case, all four projects are still really going strong. Now, as far as delivery goes, I think a lot of it just comes down to the timing because Hot Springs Range Project was the first project. And we've had this project now for a year and a half. Because it was the first project, it's pretty much drill ready. It's we're ready to push the button on that one. We have permits. It's um, it's we have a contractor lined up. It's pretty much ready to go. At the same time, we don't want to neglect these other projects. We want to be able to have a pipeline of drill projects ready to go. So, I would say the next project that will probably be ready to go would be Weepa. Um, all of them could be drilled, but I believe that you should do as much. The drilling cost is your major cost. And I think we should try to get the targets refined as well as we can. And so that's why we still wanna go back for a second phase of work, uh, possibly some geophysics at Gilbert South and at Spanish Moon. WIPA, I think will be ready to drill fairly quickly actually. So we think that we have the potential to maybe drill all four of these projects starting next year. Okay, so Paul, we should be looking at Q1 for the drills to start turning in Nevada here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, and 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 just to kind of follow your your question, if if I may, 
that you that you asked Dan on, um, and and that's what's really great about our portfolio um, that I that I mentioned kind of a, at the beginning is is that all four projects um, are at different stages of their exploration and, and they have different paths to to the discovery. So that's the nice thing; they're not all at the same point. So you know there is definitely a, a diversification within the portfolio. Um, but as I said, I mean, if, if I if I can get excited again for excited for, for a second, you know, Hot Springs is 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 certainly my favorite in that I just can't wait to see what's what's going to happen there. Um, if if Hot Springs hits like we all think it's going to, based on the geochem and the geophysics. Um, I mean, that's going to change the face of Nevada. That's that's going to be more than a company maker. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just really, really excited on that one. And of course, um, you know, I love the other ones as well. But um, that, that's that's the one where it's, it's there, there's just, there's just huge potential um, on all of them. But I think Hot Springs is, is just really excited because it's it's never been drilled before. So... Could you talk us through the treasury too, Paul, as well? Treasury and burn rate. And what I liked about your company before I invested was uh, just who you had involved. I'm not worried about your access to capital. If you could share about that too. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, So at the end of June, um, we had uh, just over $3 million in uh, in cash on our balance sheet. We did do a $3 million raise. uh in in june at, at 70 cents so um you know if if we're if we're burning on all four projects like we anticipate we are um you know we're looking at an average of call it 200 to 250 a month type thing um i'd say over 90 percent of that is going into the ground so we have very little uh you know corporate overhead burn if you will it's it's very much a an exploration in the ground focus project. Um, now, of course, we are an exploration company. So at some point, we will need to come back to the market, but we're, you know, we're very comfortable right now. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, it's 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 kind of a, a weird market, but, um, you know, I'm sure we're all listening to the Fed and seeing inflation numbers and, and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, gold is going to have, um, you know, a nice move. And I think the market is 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 going to be there for us um, in the near term and, and, you know, for everyone involved in gold. Dan, you're not a rookie to Nevada. Um, talk about your connections to the assay labs and drillers, because obviously you can't move an exploration uh, project forward without that. I, it's it's actually a very good question and very important. And I, I would say that our team altogether is really well suited to this. For example, Justin Milliard, he's the uh, president of the Elko chapter of the Geological Society of Nevada. So, you know, once a month, the host, all the, the drilling companies will come in and provide the beer. And as you know, drillers and geologists can drink a lot of beer. So he has a connection with the drilling companies um, and he has a connection with a lot of the other exploration service companies that are based in Elko which is very good because I'm actually based in Reno. So those would be maybe the two mining centers of, of Nevada. And so I have living, having lived in Reno for, since 2002, I have quite a lot of connections uh, with drillers, exploration services, geologists uh, here in Reno. And one of the reasons that I'm, I'm very excited about coming back 
uh, and going for three for three is because uh, because we do have such a, a good base in Nevada. So even though I kind of wandered off to Africa and Mexico, I still feel that Nevada is home. So it's a good place to work for sure. And how would you rank the projects you're working on uh, relative to other projects you've had success with or didn't have success with? Uh, I would say that, again, I agree with Paul that the Hot Springs Range project is is certainly a huge prize. And to me, it, it reminds me a little of the Asasi project in a sense that, you know, why is this still here? When we showed up in Africa and looked at Asasi and there wasn't a single drill hole, there was all there was was about a half million ounces or so of plaster gold. And so it was like, oh, but we could see that the plaster gold was local. And then we could see that there was some artisanal mines up on the hillside. But once again, it wasn't the popular place to be in Donna. So there wasn't soil surveys. There wasn't previous load exploration. So Hot Springs Range Project definitely reminds me of that. Um, Weepa is its own really interesting thing. And it's kind of a mesothermal deposit, which isn't something that... Um, has been explored for as much as the Carlin type or epithermal deposits. But the interesting thing is that we're starting to see mesothermal components to it. So it seems like maybe one of these really interesting hybrid type systems. Um, but as far as analogs go, well, we're going to be the pioneers for, you know, for saying what this deposit is about. But it looks better and better all the time. You know, once again, the thing that was lacking, it had width, it had strike length, it had width and it had grade. And I think what we're adding is strike length. When you come to uh, Spanish Moon, Spanish Moon is very interesting because even though it's close by Round Mountain, to me, it seems more similar to the Stibnite deposit up in uh, in Idaho, where you have this multiple, uh, everything's been prospected for there, tungsten, molly, anemone, uh, silver, gold, copper, lead, all of those things have been prospected for and, and mostly most of them have been mined from that property. It's just a really super metal rich environment. And so, yeah, I would say it's probably closest to the, to the Stibnite deposit. But there, once again, it's kind of interesting. We know from historical reports that there was grade and we've confirmed that. We know from the historical uh, reports that they're significant width. These aren't really vein systems. They're really, particularly the Barcelona area, looks like a bulk mineable silver prospect, in which time, case the old timers only mined the veins out of it, and very few of those actually. So, you know, we believe that we have a, a really good opportunity for bulk mineable silver. And then, of course, we have the epithermal gold component of it at Anton Canyon. You know, very good intercepts there. And that's going to be a, a mainly a process of, that we've started, which is creating a 3D model so that we know exactly where to follow up on the good high-grade drilling that's already been done. Uh, Gilbert South reminds me, it reminds me a lot of Barqueño in, uh, in Mexico, very similar kinds of, uh, you know, mixture of, of stockwork veins, but also like a root high-grade vein to the system. But really, I think the analog there, as far as Nevada goes, is certainly going to be more like Midas, where, you know, at the surface, you don't really see the vein. 
you know, you see indications of it. You get those kind of geologic indications that there's a bonanza vein at depth, but, um, you know, you really need to drill to hit it. And that's what we're, we're looking at uh, at Gilbert South. But we really need is we really need that CSA and TG physics because the resistivity values will show us where the densest accumulation of quartz is. And, you know, we expect to find those targets only like maybe 50 to 100 meters down because, we you know, we're already seeing bonanza grades at the surface on some of the, some of these ore dumps. So we know it's down there. It's just a question of finding out where is it going to be thickest? Where is it going to be the most continuous? And uh, we think that the resistivity geophysics will do that. It's a, it's a quartz finder, the kind of geophysics we intend to use there. And that's what we need to find is lots of quartz with lots of gold. Yeah, thank you for that overview, Dan. And, and Paul, as we conclude, uh, if investors want to follow up before you come back on this show, uh, what's the best way to do that if they have specific questions? Um, sure, you can go. Um, we have uh, on our website, uh, which is www.mngoldcorp.com. We have uh, an investor section where you see all our projects, our presentation, as well as contact information, both phone number and email. So if anybody uh, wants to reach out, that's probably the best way to, to get in touch with us. Excellent. And I will put that information in the show notes below as well. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show and providing this overview. Thanks very much for having us, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. 
If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.